Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko and I are starting your week off with true or false and yes or no questions that our Football Insider subscribers sent to us and they came through with more questions that we could even answer on this podcast. So check it out here and if you want to get involved in stuff like this, be a Football Insider subscriber, uh, you got to go to cleveland.com slash browns with the blue banner at the top of the page. You can get information there, get signed up, you get access to stories on cleveland.com slash browns you get an exclusive newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day and of course you can be part of our text subscription which is where we do things like get questions for our podcast we have live zoom calls all sorts of fun things like that for our subscribers so football insider cleveland.com slash browns the blue banner at the top of the page all right here we go starting your week off our monday orange and brown talk podcast Here we go on our Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We went to our Football Insider subscribers and we asked them to send us yes or no and true and false questions. They came through in a big way. They sent us a bunch of questions. We're going to get to as many as we can. And we're going to start with this one from the 224 area code. Will the Browns be a top five offense? Just for a little context on Football Outsiders through DVOA, the Browns actually finished ninth last year in offensive DVOA. Green Bay was first, Kansas City was second, Tampa Bay was third, Tennessee fourth, and Buffalo fifth. So, yes or no, will the Browns be a top five offense in 2021? Hmm. You know, that's a really good question because when you first started rattling off the first three teams, it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and I'm thinking, hmm, Maybe not, but um, but when you throw in the Titans and, and Ryan Tannehill and you throw in the Bills, you know, then you start to think, you know, they could be right in there because they were ninth last year and they didn't even have Odell for most of the year and it was Baker's first season. I'm going to th- say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think they can do it. They've got so many weapons and they can be so explosive. And I think they're going to start a little bit quicker than they did last year. Maybe not the first game. I think they can be. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways you can measure this. If we're going to go by DVOA, I think there's a definite, there's a real good chance because that's about efficiency. And if you have your entire offense coming back, plus, again, you're adding in Odell and you assume that they're going to focus on things that they did really well last season, it makes a lot of sense that they would get better. So in that sense, yeah. But by the way, PFF, and they 
team grades for PFF is kind of wacky because they're looking at everybody individually and kind of putting that all together. At least that's how I understand it. And they were third on offense last season, just on PFF grading. But if you go by yardage, they're like middle of the pack, but they did have that, you know, that horrible weather trio of games there where they didn't do so well. And then you had the jets game. So even yardage wise, I think they could be a lot better than they were last season. So I'm going to say uh, true that they can be a top five offense, just however you want to end up measuring it. I'm going to say that they can, I'm not sure if they will. Is that fair? (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I, I think first of all, we're going to see them throw the ball more and I think that's part of it. Uh, So they'll be, you know, they'll be able to score with Green Bay, Kansas City. That's the other thing. Are you talking yardage, scoring, DVOA? There's so many different ways to look at it. Like you mentioned, Scott, you know what? I'm going to just say yes. Forget it. I'm going to stop telling the line. I'm just going to say yes, that I think the Browns can be a top five offense because I kind of look at the teams here in front of them, again, just on the DVOA list. So Minnesota was eighth. New Orleans was seventh. Seattle was sixth. You know, you got to think New Orleans is going to take a step back. Minnesota, who knows with them, Seattle, you know, should be good offensively, but they always have the identity issues every single year. You know, I think the Browns can sneak up there depending on what like Josh Allen does and, you know, how Ryan Tannehill looks. I think they can certainly sneak into that top five group. So, you know what, I'll just say, yes, they they can be a top five offense this year. Yeah. And I think that um, once again, we're going to be talking about that next tier of, you know, the Ravens, the Bills, the Browns, you know, that group uh, will all be kind of vying. The Titans will be vying for that kind of a spot. Chargers, Dolphins, you know, you never know. If, if Tua actually gets in and learns that playbook, I mean, you know, they could be onto something there. The other thing to consider is that, you know, they're probably not going to get blown out like they did on two occasions last year by the Ravens and the Steelers, where they scored respectively six points and seven points. I don't see that happening this year. I don't see that those clunkers. And as you guys mentioned, Scott, you mentioned the, uh, the three weather games that took a lot of points off the board. So I, I actually think uh, the chances are, are pretty good of, of them ending up there. And I don't think they have to be a top five offense for this team to be successful and, and do the things it wants to do just because of, you know, all the, the, the additions and changes they made on defense. If that comes together and people perform the way we're expecting them to, the, the offense, the burden isn't going to be so heavy on them this season. Okay, let's start going through some of these other questions that people sent in. This one is uh, Jason from Atlanta. Knows we love to talk linebackers on this podcast. So is Jacob Phillips being groomed as a Mike linebacker? I will say yes. The Browns would not answer that question. They would sidestep (laughs) it and say, we want all our linebackers to be cross-trained and be able to do everything because we've heard them say that exact thing. And I look at, yeah, I do look at Phillips as, BJ Goodson had his spot last year and Anthony Walker has his spot this year. And if in the perfect world, he steps into that role next season. Yeah. And you know what? I think that again, that they will cross train them, but if he, if they want to get him on the field, they're definitely going to have to cross train because as we've said before, I think that uh, when you get down to two linebackers, I see primarily it being JOK and Anthony Walker. And, And in certain situations, you'll put Jacob there depending on, the matchups and things like that. But in order for him to get on the field, he might have to play a position other than Mike linebacker. 
I think they've got to give him an opportunity to play strong side. I think that's probably what I would do. It, you know, it'll probably be Anthony Walker this year, but I'm looking at this as more of like a future question. So could there be a scenario where Jacob Phillips is the Mike next year? Maybe they don't go out and sign that guy to a one-year deal like they have with Goodson and, and Walker, uh, you know, so, so maybe it's Phillips next year. And, and he was the guy that wore the green sticker when Goodson was out last year. You know, you take it for what it's worth in OTAs. He was working in that spot with the second unit on Wednesday when we were out of practice. So I think there's there's some level of trust there with him that, that could maybe fit him into that position down the road. I'll go ahead and say yes to this, that maybe they see that. A couple more defensive questions here. This one from the 614 area code. Considering the turnover on the defense, true or false, a starting member of the Browns defense is not yet on the roster. That actually comes from Patrick. So true or false, a starting member of the Browns defense is not on the roster. Oh, you know what? It's a trick question. It is a trick question. Ooh, because <laughs> Yes, it's a trick question because if Sheldon Richardson comes back, <laughs> he could start. I mean, there's a chance that you would throw him out there against the Kansas city chiefs next to Malik Jackson. I mean, you know, that wouldn't be that horrible of a twosome, right? So this is, yeah, this is a tricky question because he's still kind of floating around out there and I, I don't think they would mind having him back. So which one am I supposed to answer if I feel that way? <laughs> uh, that, so you're saying true. You're true. saying true that there's a, a starter who's not on the roster yet. That's clearly the spot you'd have to target is somebody at defensive tackle, whether it's Sheldon Richardson or anybody. Right now, I'm going to say it's false just because everything seems to be pointing at they're going into the season with this group. I mean, they, they added a lot of people in the middle of that defensive line. And to me, that says we don't think Sheldon Richardson is coming back and we need to take as many swings at getting the right combo in here as we can. So let's, let's get a bunch of guys in here and, and see if we can – piece together. So I'm going to say false. I'm going to go with Scott on this one. I'm going to say false. I think we, I think we're seeing all the starters on the roster right now. I, I don't know that we're going to see, see, I think our texter is probably thinking, would they go out and sign another corner, like a veteran corner or make a trade for a veteran corner? I think maybe that's where our, where our texter is going with this. I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but Mary Kat was not thinking Sheldon Richardson. That's a good, that's a good little wild card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, the, the, the longer it goes with, him signing somewhere else I just keep thinking one of these days he's going to show up on the doorstep you can make a really good team out of guys who are still free agents right mm-hmm. now if you look through the list of, of I mean there's this is an older group but there's some good players on that list okay Terry from uh, Arizona who has been a part of our, our live zoom calls in the past he wants to know he wants some gambling advice for entertainment purposes only of course here in the state of Ohio yes or no did I make a good bet putting $100 at plus 1,200 on the Browns to win the Super Bowl. So, Terry, if the Browns win the Super Bowl, would come away with, you know, 1,200 bucks. You can do a little something with 1,200 bucks. I'm going to say, Terry, that is absolutely a great bet at those odds. I think the Browns are probably still valuable as far as putting a bet on them to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I would make that bet. I would make that bet, too. I'm not much of a better. But that sounds like a pretty good one to me. A hundred to make twelve. He can afford. He can probably afford <laughs> to not buy coffee for a, the Starbucks coffee for a month. Go ahead. 
Do it. <laughs> I mean, I think any bet, any bet for the Browns to win the Super Bowl this year is, is, is probably a good one. I mean, this they have a legitimate shot, and if you can find the right odds and you get a decent return, and that, that that's a good return. 1200 bucks. That's pretty good. I take that. Okay, this is a really random one, but I'm I'm still on this screen of responses here. So I want to just throw it out there. True or false from the 440 area code. There will be a team in London by 2027, five years. Mary Kay, you have gone to an NFL game in London. You've gotten to experience that trip, the travel that comes with it. We always hear that the NFL wants to go over there. I don't know how it would work logistically. I will say false, but you're, you're the person on this podcast who has made that trip to see an NFL game. Oh, yeah, it was so much fun. It really was so fun. I loved London. I hope I get to go back again. That was just absolutely tremendous. And I'm going to say yes, the NFL is making a strong push to, you know, to get teams in Europe. They are building the stadiums. The fans are coming out. The games are continuing. I mean, there are games there this year, which we didn't think there were going to be. And then all of a sudden there's an announcement. There are London games, right? Uh, so there's a just a huge effort to, to tap into that European market. And I'm going to say yes. But what year are we talking again? 20 by 2027. So basically, is <laughs> will Jacksonville have moved to, to England by then? That's what we're saying, right? Or That's expansion. It, it, yes, you know, there could be expansion too. Like I said, they, you know, they're building over there. The, I mean, the, the fans can't get enough of it. I mean, it, it does seem to make a lot of sense. Man, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I, it makes sense to me to go to those places and play games to try to build your brand there and stuff. But actually putting a team in a, another continent altogether, I just, I don't know. That just seems, I'm going to say no, just because I can't, I can't see that happening. But would that team have trouble attracting free agents? I don't know what I the tax imagine. situation would be for that kind of a deal, but it just seems like it would be a, it could be a hard sell. I, I feel like they would have to be based in the U.S. Like I've heard this scenario put out there that they'd have to be based somewhere in the U.S. And then their home games, they would actually travel to their home games, basically. But their facilities and everything, would, their practice facilities, all of that would be somewhere, I guess I'd assume on the East Coast in the U.S. They're going to need the Concord back for that then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be tricky. Well, the other thing that they're doing is they're trying to get young players over there to, you know, to start learning the game of football. Now, I don't think that we're going to have too many players from London by 2027, but that's another thing that they want to do is start to uh, develop some talent in Europe. And, and that will be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, I, I think that they absolutely would love to have a team there by 2027. Okay, another ranking question from the 410 area code. Yes or no, will the Browns defense be in the top 10? This is something I think we've discussed before, but uh, here we go. Will they be in the top 10? I'm going to say if they're not, that might be somewhat of a disappointment after all the changes they've made. And man, I'm going to say true because I think you have to assume this group has the ability to do that. So I'll just go with true. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with true as well. Yeah, I, I think so. Top, top 10 is not too much to ask. And, and now you've got the synergy this year between the offense and the defense. I mean, they've got, they've got all the pieces and parts. Again, it might take a little while for it, it to all come together, uh, but, but they'll get it. So I'm going to say yes. 
I was going to say, they do have a ways to go. Like if you go by DVOA, they were 25th. And then even, even in PFF grading, they were 20th. I'm sure they were near the bottom in, in yardage because they gave up a lot of passing yards. But So it would be a, a pretty significant jump, but a disappointment if it doesn't happen. I'll say yes, with all the investments they've made and the talent they have on that side of the ball. I mean, Miles Garrett wants to be the best defensive player in football, right? And if he's even close to that, and then you add in some of the other talent they have, I think they can be a top 10 defense. All right, Todd and Bay Village. <laughs> Baker Mayfield saw a UFO. Todd and Bay Village wants to know, are aliens real? Hey, look, it's crazy to think we're the only people in the universe, right? There's got to be somebody out there somewhere besides us. I'm Team Baker on this one. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Now, they were driving home from uh, their dinner that night when, when they saw this UFO. And I, at one point, tweeted, I'll, ha- I'll have what they're having. But yeah, I mean, now we're, we're, we are going to start to hear more and more about this because the government is starting to release information, and photos. And yeah, we might have uh, way more to talk about the, on this podcast than we even realized this year, right? I mean, you just never know what could happen at first energy stadium if uh, there are UFOs flying around. So I'm going to say, yes, I'm a believer. Unidentified flying objects are real until they're identified. So that's what (laughs) I'm going to say. And let's keep in mind, if you find life from another planet, doesn't necessarily mean it's like, you know, it's some sort of, it's the alien we think of in movies and TV and everything. There is actually different forms of life uh, on different planets that that could fall into this category. And it will be called a UFO in the general sense, but it's just going to be a big letdown because it's going to be like a plant, you know, something like that. So Scott and Dan, while we're on the topic, so do you guys think that there has been any kind of a ET type of a creature that has ever been here amongst us? Ooh, amongst us, like living in someone's closet. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, has visited the earth. Has an ET type of being visited our earth? Mm. (laughs) I, somebody, gosh, I wish I could remember who said this. Like, if, if an alien could get to earth, like they're so much more advanced than we are, right? I mean, we're getting to Mars and it's like a big deal. That's one planet over. So, so no, I think we're, I think we're nothing. <laughs> well, who, but who's I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we're just out here. Nobody's visited us. Then who's, who, you know, this who's podcast operating? has gone off the rails. I know. Who's manning the UFO? Oh, see, yeah, now you got me. Now you got me. <laughs> Is it just right. like a Tesla? It, maybe it's like a Tesla and it just drives itself. Maybe. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say no, because think of how big of a deal it would be if, if somebody from this planet discovered life on another planet and set out to make contact, that would be like, I would see a huge deal. And it's not like that person would just, just plop down somewhere and make friends with some family and have fun <laughs> adventures. And, you know, no, it wouldn't be like that. It would be some serious, take me to your leader kind of stuff going on. Right. So yeah, I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, that was fun. We Let, haven't started rank. drinking yet. It's Friday afternoon while we're taping this, right. but we have not started drinking. We can yeah. promise you that. Or That's I haven't. Terrible. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> uh, no, no comment. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do some more rankings here. DJ from Colorado Springs. 
The Browns have been known as a dysfunctional organization since they came back, obviously. But DJ wants to know, after this season, the Browns will be thought of as a top five organization in the NFL, true or false? I'm going to say false, but only because that feels a little ambitious. But I think they're trending that direction with as much as people love Andrew Barry out there, as much as they love Kevin Stefanski, they are leaders uh, on the analytics front. So I think they're trending that direction. I just think that might be a little bit of a leap for this year. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, I think you need sustainability to get that kind of perception. And it's going to take more than just, you know, two years to, to get that done, especially when you look at the past, you know, couple of decades. I think that's more a younger person thing because people my age and just Browns fans who've been in the game for a long time, or even NFL fans, I mean, they know more of the history of the Browns and they know every team has a ups and downs. I mean, the Niners used to be garbage. You know, the Steelers used to be garbage. It just, it happens to every franchise, but I do think to pull themselves out of it, at least with people who, you know, only who are in their twenties or, you know, maybe early thirties, it's going to take some, it's going to take a few playoff runs in a row to, to change that. So real quick, let's, uh, just throw out there, like who would who would be the in, in the top four? Let's why don't we throw out a few a few teams right now that we think would be up in that top five because it changes too, right? I mean, you know, it, it's very cyclical for the most part. I mean, the Patriots had their run, but and and also they had Spygate and all those other kinds of things too. So I don't know if necessarily just winning all the Super Bowls that you could say that they're the most one of the most functional organizations the Browns are making a strong run at the top five just in terms of how they do business and how they operate like you guys said they're trending in the right direction I agree you need to see some continuity we're not that far away from Pittsburgh started it okay so you know you need a little space between that saying that they're top five perhaps but just the way that Kevin Stefanski coaches this team and hires people and operates and talks and presents himself and the way that Andrew Barry does all of those things and just the way they have just changed. They really have changed the culture. And I've been hearing that for 30 years and I've always hated that. I've always hated changing the culture because my definition of changing the culture was always acquire good players and go out and win football games. That's how you change the culture, right? The rest of it to me was always just white noise, but they actually have pulled off a culture change, a real one. And so I would have to say that, that they're pretty darn close. And I don't know that right now, if I had to rattle off five of the most functional organizations in the NFL, I mean, I, I might, I might have a hard time. I mean, look, look what's going on in green Bay right now. Right. I mean, that's not functional. You know, as we said, the Patriots have had their ups and downs. The Steelers are having some issues, you know, so I don't know. What do you guys think? So I'm looking at, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at teams to see. So I, I guess we all, we'd, we'd almost have to define it. Gosh, this might be a podcast all on its own, to be honest. <laughs> we'd almost have to define it because yeah. to me, I, I look at it like, 
So Pittsburgh, right? I think we would say Pittsburgh is a model organization, even though they've had their issues, you know, last year was whatever. Well, like we kind of know who Pittsburgh is year to year, right? Mike Tomlin has been there forever. We know how they draft. We know how they do things. There's even, even as they changed from this run heavy defense team to this pass heavy team at at the beginning of the 2010s, we still kind of knew who the Pittsburgh Steelers were as an organization. So I would still put them on that list. So I'm thinking of like Kansas city probably belongs on that list. Baltimore. I mean, there's a few in in the AFC North, right? Baltimore belongs on that list. I think. Yep. I would still put new England on there. Yeah. You know, they had a down year last year, but just having bill, you know, Robert Kraft, I just, I can't take them off that list. Seattle. I, I think Seattle is there. Mm-hmm. because again we know it. who they are we they, Pete Carroll's been there forever John Schneider we kind of know exactly what that organization is the Colts I think the Colts are a, a nice I think the Colts are I think the Colts are getting there mm-hmm. what about New Orleans like Sean Payton I mean Sean Payton's been there forever I feel like New Orleans I would yeah I would and I would even yeah. put Green Bay on there because look even though they have issues right now the key to being a functional organization is winning even though you're having these issues you know the patriots mm-hmm. for all the off the field stuff and that they've gone through that's still a winning organization so i think that's a big part of it but yeah it's only a handful i think that we could point to and say yeah that sounds like it and i think the browns are in that conversation now but again I, you got to do it for for more than just a year to me the next level for the browns is kind of reach that rams level right where it's mm-hmm. Less need Sean McVay, and that you know this is sort of how you do things. And obviously, they've had their issues there with their quarterback and stuff. But I, I think the Browns have the pieces in place because they have the GM, they have the head coach, uh, they probably have the quarterback. So I think we're not that far off from them starting to to put themselves in the discussion with because as I'm as I'm listing off these teams, that that's what stands out to me. A lot of them are like, okay, the GM and the head coach have been together forever, and we know exactly how they operate. And I think the Browns are. are getting there. I think they have the pieces in place to get there. And you're hearing that from agents and players out, out in the, uh, in the NFL, uh, just how great it is to work with these guys. Free agents want to come agents want to work with them. So it's not just, you know, that, that we are seeing it here in Cleveland. It's sort of a, a league wide thing. Yeah. That's what I was going to make sure we, we mentioned is the players have pointed out that mm-hmm. things seem different now. And that's yeah. the important part. Absolutely. 617 area code, true or false, the Browns' chances of winning the AFC North hinge entirely on their ability to swip, to, to swip, to sweep <laughs> the Bengals. Swiffer. So, <laughs> so I was like, Bra- am I hashtaggy? <laughs> I, I thought maybe there was something new I didn't know about. Okay. So, so the Browns' ability to win the AFC North almost entirely hinges on their ability to sweep the Bengals. No, I, I'm going to say false, but I hate the idea of giving like, those, those are two games you got to win. I mean, look, the AFC North has sort of Pittsburgh and Baltimore got fat off beating the Browns twice a year. So, I mean, the Browns should try to return that favor to Cincinnati while they can and try to beat the Bengals twice this year, because even though Joe Burrow's back and that offense is really good, that's still a team you're just better than. And I think you should be able to beat them twice. So take advantage of that. But I don't think if they split with Cincinnati, 
I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, the Browns have a much, much better defense this year to, to go against Cincinnati with. The Bengals are going to be better. And I, I was so impressed with Joe Burrow last year. Uh, but we don't know how he's going to come back from his uh, torn ACL surgery and all of that. I, I don't think it hinges on that. I, I think, I still think the AFC North will come down to November 28th and December 12th between the Browns and the Ravens, those two games. I think that's where it will be won or lost. I mean, I, and I, this came up a few times, I think, in our replies uh, for questions. And one of them pointed out the closeness of the two games. I mean, the first game, the, the defensive backfield was, I mean, Tavier Thomas played a ton of snaps in that game. And the Bengals had a lot of receivers on the field. They had that five receiver look a lot of the times with Joe Burrow last year. And I mean, that was just, that was not a good situation for the Browns to be in as a defense. And now they're better equipped for that. And the second time they played them, of course, Odell got hurt. And that's why people's Jones was in the game making big catches down the stretch. So I think the Browns are just, the Browns are going to be in a better place this year. And that defense is, I think it's going to make a huge difference uh, in dealing with teams that try to pass so much like the Bengals had to last year. Yeah, that second game basically came down to whoever had the football last or pretty much had the football last. And I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think this defense is going to be good enough to create separation, even as, you know, again, I, I love those weapons they have in Cincinnati. But had the Browns played the Bengals later in the year, too, when they really got on that run, I, I think it would have looked maybe a little more like the Titans game than what we saw there in, in that second I mean, matchup of the two teams. It was Chubb. Did Chubb play the second game? I'm trying to look that up here. I don't remember. I was don't he remember. Out? He missed one of the Bengals games. So it had to be that one. Yeah. He yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did not play in the second yeah, game no, against, he didn't. against the Bengals. And they probably didn't have Teller in that game either then, right? I don't believe so. Okay. Now, Jim and Olmstead Falls came through with a whole bunch of true or false questions. And I was, I was going to maybe skip some of these, but honestly, these are all pretty quick hitters. So uh, all true or false, some of them are asking for predictions, win predictions, things like that. So nothing will be held to here on June 4th as we're recording this. But here we go from Jim and Olmstead Falls. True or false, the Browns will win, will win 12 games this season. I'm going to say true. We expect them to be better than last year. Their, their schedule is tougher. I, when I was looking up run defense today, uh, they faced the 29 30 31 and 32 ranked run defenses last year. Um, so I don't know if they're going to have as many gimmies like that, but I, but I do think that, uh, that they can win one more game than they won last year in this 17 game season. And I think 12 and five, I, I think it's doable. I'll say true. I think they can do it. I'm going true as well. And part of it is the recalibration too, right? Like that 12, a 12-win season in 16 games and a 12-win season in 17 games. We're going to have to kind of figure out how those feel different. Uh, the Browns will make it to the AFC Championship game, true or false? Ooh, this is a good one. This is such a tough one to, to answer because, like, what if they just get, like, a bad matchup? What if they end up playing KC in the divisional round and they lose to – I don't know. I think I'm going to say – I'm going to say true. Why not? I'll say true in June. <laughs> right. We're, we're not held to this, but I mean, they almost did it last year. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. 
And they've got, once again, we think the defense is way better or should technically be way better. I'm going to say true. I'll say true. I, I do think they were a step away. They were a drive away, really, from possibly doing that. Yeah, I mean, they had the ball with the chance to take the lead. And they had a, what was it, third and, was it third and 14? Mm-hmm. Chance to get the football back. True or false, Miles Garrett will lead the league in sacks this season. I'm going to say false. There's some guys coming back. I, I don't know. I'm going to say false on that one. It's just, it's, that's a really hard thing to do with all the great pass rushers in this NFL. It's really, really tough to be number one. I think he's got a good chance, but I'm going to, I'm going to say false on that one. See, TJ Watt led the league with 15 last, last season. I'm going to say true. He gets a full season, a full healthy season. That's within range for him. I'm going to say true. So like you said, Scott, it was 15 last year. And I think you would have gotten that two years ago. It was 19 and a half from Shaq Barrett and Chandler Jones had 19. I'm going to say false because I think he's going to create sacks for other people. I I think that's kind of where this is headed. I think he'll end up with a bunch of them and he might get to that 15 number or even 16. Uh, But I think the benefit we're going to see from Miles Garrett this year is he's going to create sacks for guys like Jadavian Clowney. And and if at the end of the year, we're talking about boy, Jadavian Clowney and Tack McKinley really turned their careers around and came back. I, I think it'll be because of Miles Garrett. Speaking of Clowney, will he play 10 or more games this season? I'll say true. I think the Browns probably feel pretty good about his health at this point. So I think he'll play 10 games. Yeah, I'll I'll say 10. I I, I think he can do 10. That gives him a a chance to still miss seven. Yeah, I'll say true as well. I think he's only, I'm looking at his his career numbers here. He's only played less than 13 games twice. One was last year and one was his rookie year when he was, when he was hurt. So yeah, I think he can do it. A couple more here from Jim that I like. We won't hit all of these. Denzel Ward will lead the Browns in interceptions this season. I'm going to go false. I think it's going to be one of the safeties or maybe Troy Hill. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I would lean more towards uh, guys on the back of the defense. Uh, Last one from Jim. The Steelers will finish the season no better than third in the AFC North. I think everybody knows my answer to this. (laughs) I mean, basically what he's saying is, well, is there a chance they finish ahead of either the Browns or Ravens? There's a chance, but I'm going to say no. I, I mean, I think people are, are being a little too quick to completely write them off. You have to remember, they are a good organization. They have a good coach that doesn't usually have losing seasons. They have Ben Roethlisberger, who is willing to come back. He'll be in his second year away from elbow surgery, so he might be a little bit better in that regard this year. I still don't love their offensive line, but they have a running game that they're going to need to use if they want to support their quarterback and get anything done on offense. But I still think having said all of that, that they will finish third. I also think they'll finish third, but man, has there ever been a team that won 12 games and was 11 and 0 at one point that has been so like disregarded <laughs> after the fact, like Mm-mm. it's as if they went four and 12 instead of 12 and four. It's right. You know, despite all the issues they had and all the limitations Ben Roethlisberger had, they were 11 and 0 at one point. I'm going to put two more out there. Uh, we're not going to be able to get to all of these. You, you guys came through with a bunch of really great questions. I'm going to throw two more out there. One non-football, one football. I wish we had Doug for this one. True or false, hot dogs or sandwiches? False. To be a sandwich, you need two pieces of bread at least. And there's only one 
with a hot dog. I didn't realize you were. <laughs> Scott this is was, facts. Scott was this in facts. on this fast. You were ready for that. <laughs> you were very ready for that. It reminds me of when I worked at McDonald's when I was 15 and 16 years old. And every day this really large man would walk up and say, can I have a hamburger sandwich, please? <laughs> he would call it a hamburger sandwich. But no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Let's say no. I'm going to say no on that. Wow. You guys, are, you guys are passionate about this. You got to take a stand it's, for something. I think it's a sandwich. Come on. It's a sandwich. It's meat. Have you, have you ever called it a, have you ever called it a sandwich? I have never, I, I never have called it a sandwich. That's, that's fair. All right. Last one. I thought this one was really interesting. I just noticed it as we were going through here. Will Baker Mayfield, true or false, Baker Mayfield will finish higher in MVP voting than the other AFC North quarterbacks. This comes from the 248 area code. That's a good one. These guys came through for us, didn't they? They did. These were really good. We're, we're, leaving, some, we're leaving some good ones out, too. I mean, what, the these way. could have been our 21 we don't want to go for like <laughs> We don't want to go for like three hours here, but yeah. We should have done this before our 21 questions. No, Scott, <laughs> you came up with good 21 questions. I'll say, I'll say false because I don't think Lamar Jackson or the Ravens – I don't think the Ravens have to have a better record than the Browns for Lamar Jackson to get more MVP votes than, than Baker Mayfield. And I don't think this – this offense isn't built around Baker Mayfield having a monster year in order to be good. We all know that they have a lot of different ways and a lot of different focal points on this offense. So I still see Baker Mayfield being in the MVP voting conversation to begin with. Not that he's going to have a bad year. Or he's a bad quarterback. It's just, I don't know that this is the team that creates that MVP quarterback. I, I, just, I do think Lamar Jackson will just, he'll just get more votes in a, in a competition like that. Well, and he's a dual threat. So, you know, you've got all the rushing touchdowns and the rushing yards that he can get. And that's a lot of razzle dazzle and they're on prime time more people will, you know, might end up seeing them more people love Lamar. And if he improves as a passer this, this year, which he needs to continue to do, uh, if he does that and puts the whole package together, then I could see him getting more. So I'm going to make the case for true here because I think the MVP can often be a story. It's like this in all sports. It's kind of the storyline award. So when I tell you in 2016, Matt Ryan won the MVP, it's pretty easy to remember. Okay. Yeah. That was the year when Matt Ryan and the, the Falcons went crazy. That was the year they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady won it in 2017. That one's a little I don't remember that year exactly, uh, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes in 2018, that was his breakout year uh, when, when he won that award, like he took the league by storm. Lamar Jackson's MVP was very much about, you know, the Ravens kind of unlocking this quarterback. Like we've never quite seen a quarterback like that unlocked before. And Aaron Rodgers last year, kind of his comeback, not comeback season, but, you know, it was his there, there was some talk a couple years ago that maybe Aaron was fading a little bit, that maybe he was on the decline. He comes back. He leads the, the Packers to this great season. So let's say the Browns go 13 and four and Baker plays pretty well and is top six or seven quarterback in the league. 
I could see there being some momentum for him to get MVP votes. Maybe not win. You know, I'm, I'm listing MVP winners, obviously. I'm not saying he'll win the MVP, but I could see if they win the AFC North and they go, like I said, 13 and four, I, I think he probably would get more votes than Lamar or any of the other QBs in, in, the, in the North. Yeah, I mean, a case can be made. Um, another interesting question is who will get more MVP votes, Baker or Josh Allen? That's a good one. I mean, ideally, Baker isn't throwing the ball more than 30 times a game. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen clearly is. And most quarterbacks that we think of as the top names, basically, are guys who are throwing it a lot more than Baker in the right situation. If things go according to plan, he's not throwing it that much. He had some games like that last year where he had to. So that's, I think that's one of the reasons why. And obviously, he doesn't have the, the running and the, you know, the scrambling even or just that aspect of his game to, to add to that. I, I think if Josh Allen plays like he did last year and the Bills are, are that good again, I think he might actually win the thing. I, I don't know if I see a scenario where Baker actually wins it this year unless the Browns just go. Like if they go like 15-2 and two and are the best team in the AFC, then Baker might win it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Josh Allen has a legitimate shot to win the award. The one I forgot to mention too on this list was like Cam Newton in 2015. You know, when I say that you immediately think of, Oh yeah, that was the 15 and one Panthers team and everything was about Cam. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so I think that's sort of how MVP voting gets done now is a lot of it is the best quarterback storyline has <laughs> sort of defined it. I think Baker's going to have some momentum there. So I'm going to say true on this. I actually think, because I think, you know, I haven't decided if I'm going to pick the Browns to win the AFC North, but I think they're going to certainly have a chance and I'm going to, I might do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think in that case, he might get more votes than Lamar, Ben and, and Joe Burrow. Good questions from our football insider subscribers. Like I said, we didn't get to nearly all of them. There was one about uh, 2001 uh, space odyssey, which I have never seen. So I couldn't ask that one. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that one. But... Uh, I just know the scene with the, was with the cavemen and the monkeys and the bone in the air or something. I don't know. Isn't that the very beginning of it? I don't yeah, know. I've never sat. I've never sat that. And I know the song, but I, I don't, I've never seen the movie. Can I admit something here to you guys before we go? Sure. Speaking of movies, we know, I've never seen draft day. <gasps> oh, How could you be on this Dan. beat and not have seen draft day? Never saw draft day. Dan, I was, actually an extra in draft day were you yes i spent a whole afternoon filming a scene i like to say a love scene with kevin costner but it really (laughs) (laughs) but i i spent a whole afternoon uh walking in and out of a gas station uh, down somewhere in the flats and it, and it was four people that were in the scene or maybe five total. It was uh, me and this uh, very nice young man that I was with. He actually came to training camp uh, once recently and showed me the picture. Hey, th- you know, you were my, you, you were my gas station. I, I, he was probably my son. Um, but anyways, so uh, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was really fun. But it was just that, you know, I got to do wardrobe and hair and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, and got to meet Kevin Costner and it was, it was very cool. I I had no idea. But I I, mean, it's a horrible movie, but you should watch it. You should watch it. We'll we'll have to do like a a live watch podcast. Oh, we should. My first time, my first time seeing drafting. My part 
which I was really good in it, by the way, I, I did a phenomenal job with my uh, no lines. It, it, ended, it, it ended up on the cutting room floor, unfortunately. Yep. But it was Some fun. of the best work never makes it in. Eh, I know. It was a fun day, though. It was a fun and memory. And that's why Mary Kay has never won an Oscar. Yep. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for our Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Thanks to our Football Insider subscribers. Like I said, you guys came through with great questions, which we could have gotten to them all. Uh, but we'll certainly keep them in mind as, as we go through here this next few months. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, you got to go to cleveland.com slash Browns and click the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. All right, Mary Kay and Scott, I will talk to you later.